Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 294 and it is Tuesday, August 2nd, 2022. I am your host, Victor Omoyo. And with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? That's right. And uh, we are here once again. It is August. Uh, Only four more months left of the year. Can you believe it? Oh, man. It is. uh, It's good to be back here once again. Um, we got, got got a few things to talk about. Um, talk about some things that we've been up to uh, over the past week. Um, we'll also touch on uh, the, the new big biggest news story in wrestling that we didn't have a chance to touch on last week. Uh, Vince McMahon, um, that story in a bit. Uh, also, just some other stuff that we've been what we've been up to and things like of that nature. You know how we do on the Codex Prime podcast. So. Uh, while Carl is sharing the episode, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. First is Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, Silk City Hot Sauce, they're a Vermont-based company. They have all sorts of unique and tantalizing hot sauce flavors, ranging from killer hot to maple syrup-flavored hot sauce to badass Jew, uh, erotic fever, uh, slurp, which is like their peach-flavored one, nightmare, and their newest flavor, dragon. Which is which goes great with any source of chicken tenders or chicken wings. So yes, get all of that and more in your body by going to SilkCityHotSauce.com and using the promo code Codex, and you'll get fifteen percent off of your order. Also, a big shout out to uh, Infamous Customs, a friend of the show, Afton Ward. Uh, Infamous Customs, you can order all sorts of Codex Prime merchandise. Uh, t-shirts and you can also customize order customized t-shirts as well go to infamouscustoms.com that's m-f-a-m-u customs.com and you can also follow them on instagram i i feel like the silk city plugin is like your favorite part of the show <laughs> I, 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 have, I like to have fun with it sometimes yeah you know and, and their hot sauces are so good they, they are, but I do got to give a big shout out to my buddy Aiden. Like before we came here, we was fa- we was Facetime and just talking about our uh, impeccably shitty day at work today, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, he had the Jezebel, which is a raspberry habanero." Yep. He's like, "Oh, I'll drink this out the bottle." Mm-hmm. No, you won't. Sure enough, did it. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, regretted it. I bet he did. But it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was amazing. <laughs> oh man, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've, that reminds me. I've been watching a a bunch of uh, episodes of Hot Ones oh, on YouTube, just uh, different interviews, um, which 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 has been pretty fun to watch. Um, I've learned that one of the hot sauce, one of the most infamous hot sauces on that show, is called the Bomb. And I heard, and every guest that tries it just says it's terrible. It's just like it's a type of hot sauce that doesn't really have flavor. It just tastes like metal, like like somebody sticking a hot metal thing in your mouth, and it's just uh, painful, no redeeming value. Like it could just it could just basically be used as a weapon. Um, and I think it's it's from it's from a Kansas based uh, hot sauce manufacturer. But um, you want to try it, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't like that I've, means you, that means I got to do it. You don't have to. You really don't have to do it. Uh, but but it just made me think of that show and, and, and the bomb. Um, oh, speaking of which, Angela Marandola, friend of the show, is in the chat. The bomb. She says that we have two bottles of the bomb. It's disgusting. Uh, yeah, that's two bottles too many. Um, I would say just, um, I don't know, throw them out or, 
I don't know what else you can do with it. I mean, you can you can just weaponize it, I guess. But but it it, it sounds like a sauce that has no redeeming value, unfortunately. I'll try it. <laughs> like I said, it's like, oh, you really don't have to. Um, I know I don't, but it's just like, why not? You know? Well, for social media likes? <laughs> no, just for experience. So for for experience. Uh, you don't have to subject yourself to painful shit. Hey, you know what? I'd like to try heroin and shoot shoot up my veins for experience. Okay, now that now you know that's just an extreme. <laughs> but it's just like, all right, you know what? If it's that bomb, let me try it. Yeah, I'm, I like trying new things. You never know. Yeah, you know, yeah, you never know. Yeah, when you're doubled over that toilet, you let me know. Oh um, man! <laughs> but Angela says that she'll share the the bomb with you. Yeah, um, and that's why she's the bomb. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nick Quattrini's in the chat. He says uh, DC is shelving the Batgirl movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah which news. yeah, which which makes me sad. Um, because you know I, I was looking forward to it. I was like, hey, it, it might be a fun watch on HBO Max, but uh, uh, oh well. They're not even giving it that, huh? They're not even giving it HBO Max. No, they're not giving it anything. It's just, it's just canceled. <laughs> a wasted ninety million dollars. Damn, I, I don't know why. Just, just let's just let it out. Just let it be. I don't know. Like I, I would watch it, but oh well. Um, I just want a Birds of Prey sequel. Jesus. You know, I, I just, I just want Birds of Prey Part Two. I want more, more of that crew. You know, uh, Rosie Perez did, did the damn thing. More Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Margot Robbie, of course. Uh, you know, Cassandra Kane. Get Kathy Ann back as, as a director. Um, yeah, just 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 do it up. Journey Smollett. Make it do it up. Make make it bigger and better. You said her name wrong. Her last name wrong. <coughs> Smollett. <laughs> uh huh. But uh. Also, we got to plug in. We got Codex Three Hundred coming soon. That's right. Codex Prime Episode 300. It's coming up on Saturday, September 17th. Doors open at 6 p.m. at the Cornerstone Complex, 25 Maple Street in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, we'll come one, come all. Yeah, we will be there. Uh, What else? What else? Are you, are you still sharing the episode, Carl? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, while you're doing that, I'll talk a bit about some things, uh, what I've been up to. Um, first, uh, big shout-outs to friend of the show, Afton. Uh, we went to the Newport Jazz Festival this past weekend. Yep. It was at Fort Adams State Park in uh, in Newport, uh, Rhode Island. It, it was the first time first time ever that uh, either of us went to the Newport Jazz Festival. It's, it's, a, it's a long-standing uh, cultural institution in the ocean state um i've been curious about going for the past several years but i just never got a never never had enough motivation to go and this year it was different so uh, i'm i'm really happy that uh after and i had a chance to, to check it out uh so such a great vibe at, at fort adams um just positive mellow is very chill lots of great food um great space that the weather was perfect it wasn't too hot we had a nice sea breeze going um we had uh, all sorts of excellent performances and, and, and artists there that were doing their thing. It was it was just a nice uh, nice big old jam sesh. Uh, we had uh, I saw some some performances such as um, Corey Wong on Friday. 
uh, last Friday. Um, I, I got to see Esperanza Spalding uh, live. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of her of her music, so it was really nice to see her do her thing. Um, also, uh, on Sunday, uh, we also got to see the Soul Rebels, uh, New Orleans-based uh, jazz hip hop uh, band. Um, uh, Jason Moran and the Bandwagon. Uh, hopefully, I'm pronouncing this right. Mononeon. <laughs> so it looks like mono mono neon. I say Mananian because it sounds cooler. Um, we got to see Diggable Planets perform, and it was so cool just to see them, just to see them do their thing. And it's like, oh man, just as they were performing all their, all their notable tracks had a, had some live a live band behind them. They closed out, of course, with Cool like that, uh, which was which was so dope. It was so dope to see them see them up close perform. Funny, funny, funny enough, uh, Ath and I we actually uh, we actually met one of them in passing. They were just walking around and we just we were, we were walking back to our seats and we were like hey man good show he's like thanks and i was like we just like kind of like a little little fist bump there it's probably due to bug yeah yeah um but i was like wow that's really cool so so yeah it, it, that was pretty dope seeing them perform also um the last the last artist we got to see was um uh angelique uh kidjo um to see her perform kind of like uh blends like jazz with like with like African music, like Afrobeat, um, that that was really nice to see to see uh, to catch a glimpse of her performance before we left. Um, but yeah, man, the Newport Jazz Festival it, it, it was it was definitely an incredible event. Um, it took a lot of pictures. I posted a few of them on on Instagram, and yeah, man, the vibe the vibe was solid. I, I'm, I definitely want to go again next year. Hopefully, I can you know, we can assemble a squad of uh, of peeps to to come with. Um, cause, cause it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a really nice event. And, and, uh, they also, they also just announced already next year's dates for the Newport Jazz Festival. It's going to take place August 4th through the 6th, 2023. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there, you know, um, let's, let's see how the, how the next 365 days, uh, unfold, but I definitely plan on going there for sure. And hopefully we can assemble some peeps. Sometimes. That's what's up. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so yeah, Newport Jazz Festival. That's that's one for the books. Very glad to finally finally enjoy that. Um, speaking of which, they have some great food there too. Like uh, big shout outs to Japati, um, great Jamaican um, great Jamaican foods uh, food truck spot. They, we had we had their uh, beef patties and I their... know exactly like where they're based at. Oh yeah, like right where my, like literally where my friend where my friend lives is like next door. Not lucky lucky yeah some great great race bowls too I, I really like their stuff um yeah besides that uh since july wrapped up um i had to make one more stop of course you, <laughs> you did it, it wouldn't be you if you didn't yeah i had to make one more stop at barnes and noble uh as they were wrapping up their july criterion collection sale so i got two more films uh to my collection one of which is uh on 4K disc, 4K Blu-ray, I got their their restoration of Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, yeah, Denzel Washington, uh, Je- uh, Jennifer Beals, uh, Don Cheadle, and one of his uh, one of his notable early performances. Uh, great, great film, neo noir. Um, man, uh, I-, I wish I wish Denzel Washington made at least a couple more films with this character, Easy Rollins. I know based on Walter Mosley's. Uh, yeah character but man this film looks gorgeous in 4k nice restoration uh carl carl franklin the director of this film um yeah the, 
great great film uh w- w- one of the best black films of the 90s um really really love this film check it out devil in a blue dress isn't uh spike lee's sister in that uh Jwali, um no she wasn't in that one no i'm thinking mo better blues yeah she was in mo better blues yeah so i got that and and hers here's a great book too yeah, yeah angela and also, I got a classic film, which I ha- I've never seen, but I've heard about it for years. But um, I, I do hope to watch it this weekend. It's a counterculture classic, Easy Rider. Uh, Easy Rider, starring, uh, directed and starring uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, Jack Nicholson, and Peter Fonda. Uh, film came out in 1969, so it's a film that um, was one of the... Um, was one of the Hollywood new wave, one of the early examples of Hollywood new wave, where the '70s was just a stream stream of like awesome uh, American film classics uh, and counterculture stuff, like you know, Last Picture Show, um, you know, Paper Moon, of course, Martin Scorsese's other output like Taxi Driver, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, Mean Streets, Dog Day Afternoon by Sidney Lumet, and so many others. But this was one of the uh, earliest examples of like counterculture uh, filmmaking. And um, yeah, I, I I do want to check this out because I, I did see the last picture show a couple of years ago, and that was uh, one of the films that's kind of I think made from the same production company as well. So yeah, I'll, I'm gonna definitely check this out uh, 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 this this weekend. So yeah, just two films, two films uh, that I added in the in the in my in my mix here. So I'll definitely uh, we'll dig into Easy Rider this weekend. Um, Let's see. Angela says that she hates Easy Rider. Mm. I'm sorry, I'm not cool enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I haven't seen it yet, so I'll I'll let you know, Angela, how how the film is, uh, what I think of the film. Uh, Gary Threat says Austin Powers needs to be in 4K. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's on Blu-ray, but yeah, it hasn't it hasn't been on 4K Ultra <laughs> HD yet. Um, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. Besides that, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, as far as like stuff I've been up to. Oh yeah, still playing Elden Ring. Still? Yeah, it's. Uh, you got at least forty hours in. Fifty now. I got fifty hours into the game. Um, like um, I'm trying. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to finish like the main narrative, but I know it's gonna. That's gonna take a while. Uh, so that game. That that game's definitely. I knew. I knew that game's gonna be one of those like sculptor games where you get the hammer and chisel you got to work on that sculpture for months on end yeah uh until you get until you until you get the to chisel out the masterpiece from the block of marble uh, it's elden elden ring is one of those games is it worth it so? oh yeah oh yeah it's it's worth it like every time i play that game i i, I discover something new like that the op- the open world is so vast it's one of the most Definitely one of the most well-constructed open worlds in, in any video game I've played. Like, because every anytime you play it, it's always something new you see. Even in places that you revisit, you can re-engage, re-engage it with it in a dif- in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's and there's and it's, and it's non-linear too, so you can tackle it however whichever order you want. So, yeah, it, yeah, it's definitely from. Do I have the patience. I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. It, it, it's yeah, a. That's it's, gr- that sounds like a grind. Not so much a grind, but it's just like it's just the world is so big and there's just a lot, a lot to do. Right. Um, and there's a lot you can just easily avoid. Um, but yeah, the 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 main storyline I'm trying to finish and yeah, because like because like everything blends seamlessly together, so that basically like side quests could feel like a main quest. Gotcha. And, and and vice versa. So yeah, man, I'll I'll let you know. Like hopefully hopefully the next month or two, 
or three, I'll I'll finish the game. But but there are other games that I do want to that, that I do want to uh, play as well. So you gonna do it in your four in February? <laughs> probably. If at the, pro- I'll, I'll probably have it. I'll probably finish Elden Ring by before then. But yeah, I, I do want to I do want to play some other games at this point. Tell me about. I haven't even like touched my PlayStation in like this week. Yeah, pretty much this week at all. Like I've been DJ I was DJing uh this weekend. DJ the wedding. It was very nice. Um, nice. Freaking love they love them goddamn line dancing songs. <laughs> Slide to the left. Slide to the right. Oh, I had him voguing though. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But I got I will have to say this cuz I need your opinion on it. I need to I need to ask you this cuz I had a really really shitty day at work. Okay. This was one of the main highlights. Hmm. You know, just talking to, like, I ain't trying to train incompetent people. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just very stressful. Uh-huh. But let me ask you this. Yeah. How old were you when you realized that you should not put aluminum foil in a microwave? Oh, I was like seven, eight years old. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Same with me. Mm-hmm. I had to teach that to a 51-year-old man today. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh... Yep. What happened to the microwave? Did it explode? I had to stop him from it. Oh. My stuff was nearby. <laughs> it was not happening. I was not letting that go down. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people. Don't... PSA. Don't put... Do not put aluminum foil inside the microwave. Your house will explode. Um, I'm pretty sure a majority of our viewers and listeners are over the age of 21 and have learned that very early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah. No, not this one. At the age of a tender age of 51. Well, you know, maybe maybe it's one of those brain fart things you just forget. Like you just like you want to heat something Don't make up. excuses. That's just un- unacceptable. You want to heat something up with a microwave, and you you just don't think. Oh, first of all, it was pizza. Oh well, the one you need put why you need to put foil in there. Foil doesn't even have to be involved in the equation. Foil doesn't have to be involved. Well, because the client's pizza was wrapped in foil, oh. but <laughs> it just the common sense of it all. Like I was so mad, I, it was like it really gave me a headache. My friend said he he just like. Just just take a break from him. Mm. Go ahead and take him to his job. Just take a break. Yeah. You need it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That happened today. Okay. But on a good note, I watched one of the greatest movies that I ever made. Oh, what's that? Breaking. Okay. <laughs> the first one. Okay, Breaking Part 1. And I have been... It's so funny that we watched it today... Because there was a TikTok. I'm actually going to play it far in the back so we won't get flagged. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And they were, and you know, the whole Beyonce, Break My Soul, and me just bringing back all those Vogue classics. By the way, shout outs to you for doing that TikTok with me. I legitimately <laughs> fell. Yes, you did. <laughs> I, I own it. All right. So let me see if you remember this song. Okay, ready? Yeah. 
Oh yes, yes, I remember that. Okay. It's called Feel So Good by uh, Sonique. Uh-huh. Now, I want you to do this, since you have your phone. Mm. Google S- Sonique. Google okay. Image Search. Just Monique, but replace the M with an S. Okay. Sonique. Okay. It's like Sonic. Oh. In a fancy type of way. Mm-hmm. Tell me she ain't signed to AEW. Let me see. Image search. Tell me, tell me, tell you she's inside the AEW. Did you find what she looked like? Yeah, like. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I I I see her. She got the she got the she, she got the sunny kiss look. Okay, she, they I listen. It took took me a second to <laughs> register. Yeah, tell me, did you see? Uh, we ain't never seen them in the same room. We haven't seen Sunny Kiss at all, actually. Right? <laughs> right. In like several months. But wow, okay. All right. Wow. So uh yeah, big shout out to Sunny and uh apparently Sunny Kiss. Uh Yo, so I've been on uh, this is an I've been on like that type of kick mm-hmm. over the past few days. And I gotta see if you remember any of these. Because I was just like, yo, where the hell is this? I was, oh, here we go. See if you remember one, any of these. And I already know for a fact you're going to vogue in at least one of them. <laughs> okay. This one I qu- don't quite remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I've heard this one. Yeah, this one. Oh, Oh, show, show me, me lo- love. Yes, all right, yeah. Yes. Go on. Okay, all right. This one, no, but I would play it. Yep, music sounds better with you, Stardust. Oh, okay. Yeah. This one is a vibe. Mm. Oh yeah, that was yeah. 2003, right? No, no. It, it, I remember that song. Was... Everything but the girl. I was in the 90s. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because uh, I think like the yeah you want to turn that off because I think we're gonna get flagged. Um, no, because at that song, I remember there was a car commercial. It was a, a white woman was pop locking in the front. No, that was Days Gone By. Days Gone By. There it is. Yes. But then Dave Chappelle did it. Yeah. And Dave Chappelle <laughs> is a really funny guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> the hell was you doing? Yeah, that commercial was that commercial was so ubiquitous at, at the time. It was, uh, yeah, that was massive. It had nothing to do with the car, nothing. except that she was just popping in the car. Yeah, it was a Nissan commercial, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. It was like Nissan or Mazda, one of them two. Yeah. So I've been on that kick. I've been on that kick lately. So I'm just mm. hilarious. But yeah, Breaking, one of the greatest movies ever made. <laughs> okay. We only talk about part two. Part two is bad. Breaking to Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, is that is that the one where he summons the the broom? No, that was not that was part one. And I don't think anybody really knows this. Yet. Well, out for current viewers. So back, you know, when I was active in high school, mm-hmm. in my breakdancing days, mm-hmm. Lord knows I can't do that shit no more. <laughs> There's a video of me recreating that scene. Oh yeah. 
And it was on public access television for like a while. Oh, you you repeated the breaking broom scene? Yeah. Oh, hmm. I don't think you'd be able to find it. Oh, damn, yeah. I, but it's somewhere out there. Wow. Do, do you have like a copy of the tape? I do not. Damn. I wonder how you can... I wonder if there's a way you can like at, request like archives of like old public access videos. There is, there is one because I did end up learning something else too. That... I was, as a baby, I was on a public access TV show. Really? I think it was called like Soul Village or something, but it was my mother's godfather. Mm-hmm. And he would tell Bible stories mm-hmm. while holding a baby. Okay. And I was the baby. Okay. Well, all right then. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't know this until like maybe 10 years ago. Oh, okay. How interesting! Yeah, Man. yeah. If my mom if my mom chimes in, I'll I'll have to you know ask about that. But yeah, Man. yeah. I never really told anybody that. Wow, you know when you think about it, like public access was basically the YouTube of its day. <laughs> Holy shit! It was. I almost spilled my <laughs> almost spit my drink. <laughs> yeah, it really was. Like it was, it was like you know if you if you had something. If if you, if you had something that you wanted to put on local TV and you had a little bit of money, or like five cents a nickel, yeah, just go to your local TV station and do some. Remember the backyard wrestling we used to see? Oh yeah, backyard wrestling. Oh, I, I remember God. that. Good lord. Yeah. The 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 unmitigated jankiness of it all. <laughs> I mean, there there was some legit in the indies back in the day oh, that yeah. had it, but yeah. yeah. You paid the money. You could do anything. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Like, oh, man, this, this, this makes me think of, like, uh, I was on YouTube, like, a, a couple of years ago, and I was, like, on a public access kick. So I was just looking up, like, random public access videos. Like, there was, like, one of, like, some dude had, like, a psychic a psychic TV show. Oh, my but, God. But people just kept calling in with, like, crank phone calls. Yeah. And he was, start, and he was, he was like, losing his temper on the air, just, like, swearing up a storm. And then there was one in which um, it was, it was like, some sort of, like, public access show where people were just, just like, singing. It was, it was, like, a really bootleg version of, like, Star Search or American Idol. Hey. And there was one person singing. I, I kid you not. Apparently, there was somebody, somebody singing... A, a, a gospel version of R. Kelly's Bumping Grind. Oh my goodness. And he was really singing, I don't see nothing wrong with a little Jesus Christ. And the cr- if I cringed any harder, I would have caved in and then disappeared. Like, <laughs> just like, oh my God. Like, the secondhand embarrassment I felt when I watched that clip, it was like, I. I mm, mm-mm, no. I need to find this video. I'm I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere. It's an old clip, but I was like, like the, you 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 could tell you could tell that person whoever sang that version of that song ha- doesn't have good friends in his circle, or maybe no friends at all, because like somewhere between think, thinking that thinking that hmm, this is a good idea, putting pen to paper to recite to remix the lyrics, going and then going on the public access set. No, somewhere in that process, your friends didn't stop you to say, yeah, dog, that, that ain't, that's not a good idea, man. Well, here's the thing. 
First of all, it depends on when that what when that song was made and when that video was made. Yeah, that's true. Probably like early 2000s, late 90s maybe. Okay, he was still on Everybody's Good Graces at the time. Nicole Matala, oh my God, you done tore up, you done tore up Kyle's chest over the weekend. <laughs> Brought me back to my birthday party a couple years ago. <laughs> um, was like, and then it's just, they just, somebody thought it was a good night. But we've seen worse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we've, there, there, there's, we've seen we've a seen lot worse. Yeah. Um, God, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, the public, speaking of public access, there was like this one famous, I don't know if he was like a kind of like a street preacher slash crip, um, <laughs> but he, he, he kind of looked like, he kind of looked like a, a skinnier version of Ice-T, but except, um, except more cracked out, and I don't know, I, I don't know what his name was, but he actually had some notoriety. <laughs> He had some notoriety uh, 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 on, like, the, in the like the two thousands in the aughts. Yeah, like he, like there was like, like he famously said on one of his shows, like where I guess like somebody was, it, it was supposed to be like a man of God, but he was like, I don't give a fuck, oh you my big God. bitch. <laughs> and they started crip walking. It was weird. Yeah, yeah. When you, whenever you get a chance, look up Jesus Christ. C H R O I S T. Yes. Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. Jesus Christ. I was like, he's from Compton or something. <laughs> I ain't say no. Okay, I'm going to look that up after. Jesus Christ. <laughs> cool. Staples out here, cool. That, no, you ain't got to worry about just Jesus Christ. <laughs> but Nicole, <laughs> she says I'm next. Oh, okay. You know what? I actually have trained trained to be a wrestler hmm. I'm willing to do it okay so you're... I'll take a chop and I'll take a bump okay all right so you so you heard so that's a is that a challenge to miss Nakoma Nakoma Tala great warrior wolf are you actually trying to see if I can step into the ring well, not, not maybe I'll step into the ring. You do a full-blown match? <laughs> you freaking crazy. I haven't done that shit since I was like 25. I mean, listen, I'll, 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 be, I'll be the Paul Heyman to your Brock Lesnar. Oh, right? God. See, see, this man right here, this man right here, he, he stepped into the ring with some of the greats. You're talking about Carl Bird, the Black Dwayne Gill, okay? First of all, Gilbert was greatness. We are talking about the African American Barry Horowitz. All right. I want my matches. Screw you. <laughs> we are talking about the man of a thousand jobs. All right. Okay. That, wait. Wait. Hold on. Define jobs. <laughs> As in, like looking up at the lights. You know. No. That one, no. two, three. Nope. I only lost one match. We are talking about the one man job squad, Mister Carl Bird. All right. The reigning, defending, undisputed. First of all, I'm a two-time, two-time 24-7 champion. It's documented. It is. <laughs> and then, I will, listen, I've won a I've won, I have won more matches than I lost. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know. And I trained under uh, Brutal Bob Evans at Slam Tech Wrestling in Pawtucket. Hmm. Nice. Before before him and Mike Bennett went to ROH. Right on. 
So yeah, I have a practice match win over Mike Bennett, and damn it, I'm taking. I'm st- I'm dying on that hill. Hey, he oh. probably forgot about it. Ben, yeah, Bob's amazing. <laughs> Hang with Bob, get better. But yes, I have that, and I will stick to it. Hey, a win is a win is a win. You damn skippy. <laughs> but yeah, I'll take a chop. I'll take it. You know, I would love to take a bump too, just to see if I can still do it. Mm. Yeah. I know, like, once you take that bump, like, you, you just feel it all over your body, right? Kind of. Yeah. My first one, oh, my first one, I actually had a concussion. Oof. It was of a hip, it was a hip toss, and then just, bam, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. So, I got to tuck your chin. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. Take a bump. I will. I will take a bump. Mm. No. I will take a No. Question. Hmm. If, if, if you, for... Let's say let's say for let's say for a, a thousand bucks, would you take a chop with the full force, the full force from Walter? A thousand? Yeah, for a thousand dollars. Motherfucker, I got bills to pay. You, be, you better up that shit to ten. Ten thousand for a Walter chop. Ten thousand for a Walter chop. I'll take. Tuck your chin and don't hold your breath. That's right. Hmm? Yeah, if you breathe out. You won't uh, knock the wind out just... Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. Oh. Rules to live by. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But I'll take... But you know what? <laughs> but you know what? Next uh, New World Wrestling Extreme show. If I can, if they will let me, I'll take a chop. I'll take a bump. All right. All right. You you heard it here first. Uh you heard it here first. Uh, the reigning, defending, undisputed, former two-time 24-7 champion. You're damn right. Carl Bird. He's down to take a bump and a chop. You know it's You already sing it. You know it's all about. You know it's all about the birth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah. I That's feel right. like the Cobra Talent is enjoying beating, beating, beating me and Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So. Love Nicole Talent. Yo. She's amazing. All right. Um, but on the comic tip, right. I got like three, three new ones. So first, I'm going to get into my poorly written notes. Wild Cards Drawing of Cards, new published by Marvel. Uh, written by Paul Cornell and um, the art is by Mike Hawthorne. So it's based on George R. R. Martin's superhero series that spans for more than like 25 novels. It's kind of, I like the cover. And I was like, all right, George R. R. Martin, what he got, you'll be okay. Yeah, I think I'll be all right. <laughs> You're going to feel nothing but the warmth of my love for my chop. <laughs> this love involved, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> But um, I mean, it was it was kind of it's it was interesting, but it was a premise that I've heard before, so it's like all right. Um, I don't know how long it's gonna be. If it was short, then I'll probably take collect the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's gonna be ongoing, so I think I'll probably be just okay with just the number one issue. Okay, who knows? Probably possibly get it graded, hmm. okay. and then the new. Gambit number one. That's <laughs> nothing but love when I get my chops. 
except when it's your opponent. Excuse me, Gambit number one, written by the legendary Chris Claremont, had to hop hop on that. And the art is by the legendary, oh, I mean, not legendary, excuse me, um, an up-and-coming artist named Sid Codian. And um, the cover is by Wills Potashio, one of the original um, Image 7. So before joining the X-Men, Gambit is encountered by a mysterious girl named Ro, who is, a, who is Storm. But regressed to her uh, child self by somebody named a nanny. I they gave the which last issue it is, and they have to join forces to go up against a villain named the Shadow King. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I think this is like a five part series. So I'm like, you know what? Cool. Why not? Like the last the last Gambit solo series I um, I had was like from the '90s. I actually still got it, and it kind of jumped in value too. So. Uh, Yes. Okay. Um, let me see. But I'm going to get... Go. Figure that pop in, check in, have a good night. Thank you so much, Nicola Tom, Nicole Metalla. Nothing nothing but love for you. Um, But yeah, I just figured, you know what? Why not? And it's Chris Claremont. Yeah. Dude's a genius. Okay. Yeah. Everything that we... Every X-Men story that we know mm-hmm. came from his mind. Mm. And Ant-Man number one. So this is a new okay, a new Ant-Man series written by Al Ewing and um the artist by Tom Riley. So it actually um takes place in early of Ant-Man Hank Pym's career. Well, he's on a movie date with um it's very, very, very old school. Um he's on a movie date with Jan- with um with Janet Van Dyne and then things just go wrong. He comes he comes across the antagonist. Mm-hmm. So while he's battling them, a mysterious figure, a mysterious stranger stalks him. Mm. I'm not going to say who it is, but it's actually pretty interesting. Okay. So I don't want to get, you know, I don't like giving out spoilers. Right. So, so yeah. But so, and I think this is only a five-part series, so I'm going to keep up with this one. And then yesterday, no, Sunday, I went to uh, Chuck and Brad's Gerbradsick Park (laughs) comedy show. (laughs) And like always, Chuck and Brad always deliver. All white variants. Yes. (laughs) And oh my God, the comedians that they had, uh, Tyler Hittner, who we um, who we mentioned before, who uh, performed at Culture Fest, he was there. Uh, Doug Key was freaking hilarious. Uh, he's from uh, he's from here in Rhode Island. Ray Harrington, mm-hmm. dude, killed it. He's just uh, he was talking about like one joke that he said, and I'll probably butcher it. And my apologies for it. Yeah. That like he has a he has a son and he watches a lot of Paw Patrol. Okay. So he's like Paw Patrol. It takes place in this place called Adventure Bay, and like there's no taxes there and all that. The only thing that really happens is fires. The main guy, well, the main puppy is a cop, and all he does is lay cones. Mm-hmm. So he's in there like, I want to see an Adventure Bay SVU. <laughs> like let a murder happen. Let's see some real shit go down in Adventure Bay. And I mean, I was in tears. And of course, with um, 
Chuck and Brad told the story of Jurassic, the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. With the visuals of Brad's badly drawn. <laughs> his bad drawings. His bad drawings and Chuck write, writing out the narrative. Oh, wow. Of how Brad would describe it. I mean, mm. only them two, the, them two have like such amazing chemistry as you saw um, when they were on the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was telling my date who we who went with us. She was like, "Yo, they were on the show, and we were laughing hysterically before we even got a start chance to start the show." Mm. Yeah, and we just didn't stop. Yeah, yeah, that was one of our best episodes. It, it was. Yeah, it was. So you know, big shouts to Chuck and Brad for still doing it, and um, oh, I'm definitely looking forward to the next one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty funny and creative. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Wow. Probably yeah, without a doubt, s- still better than Jurassic World. Never seen it. I've seen the first one. I fell asleep, and I powered through it after my nap, and I was <laughs> like, "Wow, I should have just stayed asleep." I'm not yeah. even gonna. Yeah, I can't. I can't say that. I never saw it. Yeah, it's. But they're really trying to bring back dinosaurs. In real life? Yes. Really? This is really happening. That's a thing going on. I'm gonna have to look this up. Hold on a second. Jurassic bringing back dinosaurs. Yes, that is a thing that scientists are doing right now. And every time I see an article, I always see the following meme. Mm -hmm. We have an entire franchise. Telling us that that is a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I just just did a Google, Google search, bringing back dinosaurs 2022. Um, so yep, one of the first the first one is uh, uh, get ready to roar. Scientists are bringing back dinosaurs. The Linear Times. Um, the Guardian says, could scientists make Jurassic Park a reality? Yeah, don't. We <laughs> we, we, we don't need that. No, we don't. Um, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's not something that we need. No, we Uh, don't. We have enough apex predators on this planet. We do. Yeah. Um, unless we bring back, unless they find a way to bring back, uh, like a, like a more harmless creature, like the dodo bird. You know, they could bring it, I mean, well, then again, like humans did hunt the dodo bird to extinction. And then if, if we, if we were to resurrect the dodo bird. We're probably, we're probably like hunted to extinction again. Yeah, because we because us new ass carnivores be wondering, yo, what does dodo bird taste like? Yeah, it goes really well with sir- sriracha and Silk City hot sauce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. great plug. <laughs> yeah, it, it would not be a good look. So yeah, let's let 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 sleeping let sleeping dinos lie. Just just keep them in their graves. Yeah, and. uh and uh, yeah, speaking of dinosaurs, oh Jesus! Uh, <laughs> well, well, we, Dodo Board would want revenge. Oh, you, you know what? I just came up with an idea. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what? Write it down. Write it down. Hold on, Dodo Bird. Revenge. Okay. Horror. A twenty-four. Hereditary. 
No, we don't need a red tear. He's got to be its own story. Ari Aster. <laughs> I just came up with I just came up with a few scenarios, man. <laughs> I really just did too. Oh yeah. A scientist recreates the dodo bird. Mm-hmm. Recreates two. Yeah. And it populates. Mm. But yet people come to explore it. Then it pisses them off. Then the dodo, bird, the dodo birds evolve. Mm. They form a mutiny. Yep. And they get revenge. Mm. For the extinction of their ancestors. Word. Yeah. I like that. And then, like, and then in, in that story, right, the dodo birds, right, in, in, in their quest for revenge, right, <clears throat> we, we, need, we, need, we need to include a scene where we see some dodo birds fucking. All right, I, I think I think the public needs to see that. It needs to feel real. It needs to feel visceral. It it, it needs to it, 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 you need to feel the steam coming on to the lens of the camera. Bad. All right. This is getting weird. And then you, and then when you watch the scene, you're conf, you're kind of con, you're kind of conflicted of how you're supposed to feel. You're supposed to feel weirded out. You're supposed to feel turned on. You're supposed to feel scared. No, I think you just be no, you just be weirded out. I think the world needs this. I think we need to call Listen, we got brand new cherry flavor. We're good. We need to call Ari Aster and have him direct this movie. Oh, his sick his sick minded <laughs> ass would do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk what about What if this. I got Ari Aster to be on the be on the show? That would be really cool. I I would love to like pick his brain and 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 talk about uh Hereditary and Midsummer and the strange thing about the Johnsons especially. Just, just how, how did you come up with this premise? Um, you know what's crazy? I'm tempted to do it. I mean, yeah, you could, you, you, hey, you could try if you want, but uh, I, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be pleasantly, pleasantly amazed if, uh, if we got him on the show, because I mean, he's a damn good filmmaker. I know that he's coming out with another film. It's called Disappointments Boulevard. Oh my Jesus! I don't even want to know. With uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Oh my God! So let me see. Uh, Disappointments Boulevard. I want to see if there's like a premise for that. Dis. I'm scared. Disappointment Boulevard. Um. Let's see. It's oh, it's coming out next year. Oh man. It stars Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Nathan Lane, Patty Lupone, Amy Ryan. Kylie Rogers, Parker Posey, Stephen McKinley Henderson. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. You are so intrigued already. Oh, I, oh, I am. Oh, um. Just, uh, uh, just off the cast list? Yeah. Oh, oh I'm there. I'm there. Like, no premise yet? Uh, no premise yet, but, uh, but yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yo, we need to we need to write, we need to co-write this Dodo Bird revenge revenge sex thriller. We don't need sex. I think we do. Look, man. Do you, do you want to be an artist or do you want to be a coward? Oh, you can be a you can be an artist. <laughs> we just don't need that. Uh, I'm thinking like thinking like strange thing about the johnson's vibe anyway i'm, I, I'm kidding anyway uh nick Washini says let's circle back to that one vic i was imagining the savage lands for dodo birds like a super intelligent one like sauron and x-men 
Ooh, a Savage, Savage Land. You know what? What if we get like a Savage Land or an X Men film takes, that takes place in the Savage Lands? Or if we find a, or if we see the Savage Land like make an appearance in the MCU? Who knows? Oh, it'll happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Remember, Marvel is just one continuous long story. So. It is. Uh, but, uh, all right. You know, but, I know you're ready to get into this one. Yes, uh, this was a topic that uh, we that we didn't have time to to get into in last week's episode where we reviewed the film. Nope, nope. Um, this one is a the the biggest news, the biggest wrestling news story of the year, and perhaps you know perhaps it's going to be the biggest wrestling news story of the decade. Um, this is something that I didn't think that we would ha- that we would see uh, this soon, um, if ever. Uh, Vince McMahon. Uh, an, has an, well announced his retirement on July 22nd of this year. He stepped down, and, or rather, he resigned as CEO and chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment um, amidst uh, sexual misconduct allegations. Um, it's been revealed that he did spend uh, 14.6 million dollars in hush pay, hush money payments uh, to uh, some women that he had sexual affairs with. Um, including in that was uh, John Laurinaitis, who who engaged in those affairs as well. Um, apparently, the the uh, the he, he, Vince McMahon is being is currently being investigated by the federal government, the SEC, Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, there, uh, the board the board has found that there were financial statements made from 2006 and 2022 that showed upward upwards of 14.6 million dollars. Of company funds that were not logged as company funds, so apparently that's the that's the big thing that got Vince McMahon in hot water and and basically forced his hand to resign and retire early, earlier than he that he anticipated. So, uh, so yeah, uh, uh, basically a a, hu- a big fall from grace for for Vince McMahon there, and to put this in perspective, uh, fourteen point six million dollars in hush money payments that McMahon made. Um, he only purchased World Championship Wrestling for four million dollars <laughs> back in two thousand one. So that's ten point six million dollars more in hush money payments than he did in spending spending money on buying WWE's number one competitor at the time. Uh, but yeah, it was more than WC and more than ECW as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way more than ECW yeah. too. Well, it was already out of business by the time they bought. It. Oh yeah, it was it was pretty bankrupt, and Paul Heyman wrote a lot of bounce checks. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, since uh, Vince McMahon stepped down, um, Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan are co-CEOs and co-chairs of WWE, and Triple H is actually now the new head of talent relations and head of creative. Yep, for and Smackdown. we have been seeing it. we've been seeing it. Yeah, we're uh, we've been seeing a few changes. Um, but the same was good. SummerSlam, SummerSlam was a good show, and uh, and we got to see a bit of those changes where Becky Lynch and e- Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair had a had a banger of a match, almost a half hour. Becky Lynch turned babyface once we saw the return of Bailey, and uh, accompanied by Dakota Kai, who actually left the left company the company, yeah, and came back. Um, and Io Shirai, now known as Io Sky, which isn't a bad name. It's not, no, it's not a bad no, idea. No, I think it's... I mean, Io Shirai could still work, could work, but mm-hmm. I think Io Sky was just much more shorter and marketer, m- more marketable. Yeah. So, so yeah, um, definitely a statement. 
we got to see the the women's division has become stronger and uh, under Triple H, you know it's going to be like the best it's ever gonna, it's ever been. Yeah, Raw was very Raw was very solid. Yep, like they put over the U.S. title like a motherfucker. Like I'm sitting there like, damn, they talking history. And then mm-hmm. Bully Ray tweet, Bully Ray tweeted. I got him on alert tweet because I'm waiting for something that he wanted to do. Yeah, and he was like, yo, that's how you put over a championship. Yeah, I was like, like yeah, you. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I like the fact that like the mid card titles are starting to starting to like regain prestige again. The history of the U.S. Championship: Harley Race, Ric Flair, uh, Bret who, Hart. Who was the first U.S. Champion for WCW? Or like NWA? well, it carries the line- it carries the same lineage. Um, I think for WCW was the Z-Man Tom Zank. Ric Flair. Ric Flair was the first U.S. Champion. Yep. Of WCW, mm-hmm. or was it NWA? Well, NWA, but it's still the same oh, lineage. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of Ric Flair, more on him in a bit, because... I, I didn't I, I, watch I, it. I got things to say about it. I didn't um, watch it. I didn't watch it. I like By the time I was able to... Because I went to the mm-hmm. show, so by the time I got the chance to like mm-hmm. finally sit down and watch it, yeah. at work, it was already over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like Monday Night Raw actually got an uptick in, in its rating, 2.3 million viewers. Uh, yeah, and actually, like Raw was, Raw was actually a good. I, it was the first time I actually sat down and watched a full episode of Raw, and this was the first one now with with Triple H at the helm. So, yeah. I was like, this is actually really good. Like they had like some good matches, two triple threat, tri- th- two two th- triple threat matches. Um, really great finish with uh, Tommaso Ciampa, AJ. St- no, no, and AJ. It was it was. No, no, it was a uh, Mustafa Ali, AJ Styles, and the Miz. Right. That was a really creative finish when Ali yeah. hit the, hit the four fifty, and then it then he bounced just, off, and then AJ caught him into the Styles Clash. Yeah, that was cool. Yep. And then uh, what was it? Champa, Champa, Gable, and um, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. I don't know what it is about that whole shoosh. It's just funny to me. Like you know how sometimes you just have that really stupid thing, and it's like, why is this funny? But it just is. Yeah, it's like one of those like like you know it's dumb, but it's just it just hits it enough. Ticks, it tickles you funny. It just yeah. tickles you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Champa, uh, Champa versus Styles. Uh, I know AJ. I think no, Champa won that match, right? Yeah. Yep. So he's gonna be number one contender. So I, I like how I like how Triple H is slowly starting to like devincify all of the like the all the gimmicks and storylines. Yeah, the, yeah. You I, you heard it in Michael Cole. Michael yeah. Cole was like he said wrestling. He said wrestling fans instead of WWE universe. Yeah. Like I think Pat McAfee helped, but now that nobody's in his ear, like he's just chill. And we gotta yeah. give Michael Cole his flowers. Michael Cole is an underrated yeah. uh, commentator. First of all, he's been there for 25 years. Yeah, he has. Like, yeah. and ev- everybody said, always goes, hey, you got to add the Jim Ross uh, sound effects to it. A lot of those is Michael Cole. Mm. Taz and Michael Cole was an un- underrated commentary team. Yeah, they were for quite SmackDown good. For SmackDown during the Ruthless Aggression era. Yeah, they were quite good. And, you know, Michael Cole, like, we, like we know how good he is. Like when Vince is not in his ear, like when he called uh, Beast in the East and the the UK shows. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Like he was really good. And now that Vince McMahon's out of his ear, it's like wow, 
comment commentary is actually improved a hundred percent. Yeah, because they can they're calling what they can see. Yep. And that's very important. Oh yeah. Calling move calling moves, like making the in ring action matter, yeah. not just like not just plugging catchphrases all the time like, Oh my, could it be? It's boss time And it's like And here uh, comes the big dog. Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh man. And speaking of which, you know, Sasha and, and Naomi, they're in talks of coming back. Yeah. Also, I will say this. I know this is a minor detail, but I saw a couple of TikToks. I watched it. I'm like, yo, that shit. When Brock Lesnar introduced himself mm-hmm. through the through the mic at Roman, and Roman just caught it. I saw that. Yeah. It winked. I was like, you know what? That was fucking smooth. That was. That was smooth. You got to give it to... I, mm-hmm. Oh, I actually got one of my clients doing that to me. <laughs> we the ones. Yeah, I just go to I just go to him. Acknowledge me. And he just... <laughs> and I tell him, they're like, who's... And then another one, he goes, he acknowledged, he acknowledged you. I'm like, because who's the tribal chief in his room? You. <laughs> you damn straight. That's right. <laughs> Uh, John Hapani says, uh, any particular or major changes we'd like to see now in the product? Um, we're going to get, we're see, we're already seeing more wrestling, less promos. Good pro. Yeah. We've got some promos. Yep. You need promos. Oh yeah. But it's going to revert back to old school. Yeah. So I'm glad like he didn't just completely do a, a huge clean out. Because mm-hmm. I still think that, you know, they kept, you know, the guys like Michael Hayes ended up producing one of the shows, uh, even though Bruce Pritchard's out, and I know how you feel about him. Mm-hmm. But I think, especially with the way he tells stories, listening to his podcast, mm-hmm. I think having that balance yeah. of old school and new school, mm-hmm. if, when the balance is proper, I think they can develop something very, they can create something, they can create magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They, I know with uh, especially with like Triple H like, at the helm, like we yes. see, like you saw what he did in NXT in the Black and Gold era. Yes. So like, if that's any that's any indication, you know that Raw and SmackDown are going to be like the best shows that they can be, and and actually that's going to hopefully light a fire under underneath AEW's ass because they've been slacking a little. You a feel little. so? I think so because like like particularly with their women's division, like. The women's division is is unfortunately the worst thing about AEW's product, and it's not because of the women at all. Like their their roster, their women's roster is stacked, but you wouldn't know it if you watch Dynamite because they only devote one segment, one segment a week on Dynamite to a women's match, and sometimes it's just a promo. So it's like, yo, like we need more women's matches on on AEW Dynamite because because. Raw with Triple H at the helm with Raw and SmackDown yeah. with their women's division, they've got a huge boost, Dang. and then with like. Eo Sky at, at, in the mix and Dakota Kai, like yo AEW, they can't do, they, they can't do that one one seg- one segment for the women a week. They gotta really step up their game and really and really do justice to their own talent. Um, another thing too, because people do you know, people say AEW is like this. People treat AEW like it's flawless, and it's very flawed. It is, I yeah. feel like another thing too, what scares me about AEW is like a lot of these young guys. We're doing all these crazy death matches, doing all this stuff. I'm like, there's not a long, lot of longevity mm. in that. They're really like taking time off of their careers, yeah, 
relatively fast where you kind of understood and this was something that bob evans actually taught me too that less is more Mm -hmm. like remember when remember we went to that nxt house show yeah and ricochet um showed up so we're all expected oh we're gonna see you know the 630 we're gonna see some high flying stuff and he kind of just like sneak pinned uh cassius ono yeah and they're like oh my god that's all he did and i'm like listen Less is more. He's at a house show. And I'm like, listen, we got to see him. Mm-hmm. He got over yep. without he worked smarter, not harder. Yeah. You know, why take the chance of re- injuring yourself mm-hmm. for something that's not going to be on TV? Right. Yeah. Build it up. Save all the good stuff for TV. Save, you know, save, you know, save all the good stuff for big events and stuff. Um, a lot of times too is like sometimes with their matches. Like another example for when um, Shaq against Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. Shaq, I mean, Co- Shaq went through the table. Yeah, he did. remember that. Yep. But then right then and there, you it went right back to Ve- Red Velvet and Jay Cargill. Yep. When a moment a big bump like that, yeah, they shouldn't have done anything. Mm. Let that moment breathe. Let it process let it register mm-hmm. then you move on to it a lot of these new a lot of AEW guys they do things for just to peak the cheap pop oh yeah it's like that's like spot fests exactly when it's just like all right WWE they build up to it it's like mm-hmm. Brock he showed up with the tractor yep but like okay something's coming with that tractor oh yeah we don't know but it's coming, and they work their way up to it. Yeah, yeah, damnedest yeah. thing I ever saw in a wrestling match. It, it, it was, mm. and it was a it was a performance. Yeah, it was. That was spectacle right there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think I think like to your point, like AEW, like they have the tools that they just, they just need to like pace it out a little better. Yeah, and I think I think like and I think like Tony Khan, like he's stretching himself thin. Like he needs to have like. At least, at least another booker like to help him book the shows, or like at least a team, a small team that can like take over creative for him. Like, you know, he, so. he wants to do it because he's that big of a fan, and I get it. You're a fan first, you, you know. You want to be a fan first, but and it, it does and it does show. But I think he's just doing. I think Tony Khan's doing way too much, way too soon. Like, yeah, it's cool. You brought ROH. Yeah. But that could have waited. Mm. Yeah. Dude, like we need all that so you're ta- you're tackling on so much so now you're taking over a lot of talent you're already signing way too much talent to me I think like, oh, yeah. it's it's yeah. becoming an overhaul and then it's like alright you get you get the formula you show up uh, you make your debut mm-hmm. you do Chris Jericho's podcast yep. you have a shot at the title mm-hmm. you lose it you're on dark yeah Pretty much, it's like it's like you're 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 hot for like two three weeks, and then all of a sudden you're another face in the crowd, just like just like Ruby Soho. Unfortunately, like Ruby Soho, like she should be a much bigger deal in AEW than she is now. Like I think, I think she should I think she should be the first like to to de- to eventually dethrone Jade Cargill and become TBS champion. So that way you can be like, okay, this is why she's a big deal. Already beaten. She's already been beaten. Yeah. So it's like, well, okay, well, what else you got? And it sucks because like she's really talented. Yeah, like AEW, like they they got the tools, but man, they 
they really need to improve their game like a few in a few, in a few respects like yeah. their women's division man because wwe they're, they're like yo we're serving notice right now yeah yeah. yeah, and you know what? It's gonna go back. It's gonna revert back to the '90s, and that's exactly. And that's it's going to be a time to be alive. It's already a time to be alive right now to be a wrestling fan. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. even when Vince was still in charge, like we just, we had WWE, but now there's everything. There's so much more out there, and now that we actually have access to it, mm-hmm. like just imagine if we had this access. To like all this back then during oh, the territory man. days. Oh man, Oof. wrestling landscape would be totally different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and like I think the biggest change that I would like to see in WWE uh, now that now that uh, Vince is gone, I want to see actual respect and care given to the tag team division because under oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because under Vince, like he did not give a single fuck about the tag team division. No, he didn't. And, and you know, the Usos, like, they're a great team. Like, shout out to them. But I think they've done all they could possibly do in that company. Oh, like, yeah. I, like, I would love to see them, like, take on other teams from other companies. Like, like imagine Usos versus the Briscoes or the Young Bucks. Oh, my God. Something, man. Because the Usos peaked. They, they can't do anything else. So, yeah. Like, but, like, give the tag team division, like, actual... um actual love and care make, make it like the must-see division just like AEW respects their tag team division yeah. and and for goodness sakes ch- change the design of those belts i'm sick of those 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 the giant dimes <laughs> yeah the, the the giant dimes for plates yeah ch- change the look of those belts like make it some kind of like some cool combination of like the old designs that we had before like like the the old school tag team wwe wwe tag team titles. my all-time favorite design yeah, those were those are great designs. Like the ones belts. that the Dudleys had. Yeah, like those. Like so, like some kind of evolved version of that would be cool. Oh, honestly, just take those plates and put them on the blue and red straps. Yep, that could work too. Boom, boom goes it. Problem solved. Yeah, yeah. Like like I would say, like those those belts need a, need a redesign. And you know what? I I, I was I, that intercontinental title is fucking monkey butt. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I I tried to let it grow on me, but I'm like, nope. Mm. Oh, I didn't. I'm like, that's hideous. Yeah, that's hideous. That that type, it was the one that the Miz had. Yeah. If it wasn't broke, don't try to fix it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, and, and that belt does it doesn't. It's not even. It's not it's a prestigious. Hideous. It's hideous. It's not even a prestigious design. Like, just bring back the the old classic that Cody Rhodes brought. Yeah. With the white strap. Yeah. There you go. And and you know what? I would like to see like an actual. I, I would like to see all the belts redesigned, like particularly like the the Universal and WWE championships. Like, make them look like actual like the, cla- the classic, like a classic look. Yeah, yeah like like more gold because I think that like I think that the main belts are too minimalist for my taste. Like, if you're a world champion, like I don't want I don't want to see more leather than actual jewelry and gold. I want to see more gold. I want all the gold, all the jewelry. You know, make it like the winged eagle of of like 2022 or something. You know. Yeah, but but yeah, like like like, like so more prestigious designs of the belts, more respect. Keep for the, the side plates though. I like that. I like it when everybody gets their own custom side plates. Yeah, those are cool. That's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, just little things like that. They can really take the show up a notch. Shows up a notch for sure. Well, give it time. You know, we don't need we don't need all these you know changes. You know, 
right excuse me right now you know give it time let everything grow let's you know slow pace they got all the slow pace they have all the time in the world yep. but i'm excited oh. i'm excited for the entire landscape of professional wrestling oh yeah yeah and you know they say like a rising tide lifts all boats so like if if wwe is stepping up their creative game then that'll that'll motivate AEW to do, do the same and everybody else yep. impact impact as well impact mlw yep and and also too like that makes me think like what what like impact or AEW stars would you like to see in WWE or even New Japan? Uh, I would love to see Elijah Burke come back. Hmm. I think they I think they dropped the ball on him. I would love to see Jacob Fatu from MLW come in. I would like to see the Von Erichs come in and do some stuff in NXT. Hmm. Um. Let me see. I haven't. I'm a casual New Japan follower. Um, let me see. I would like to see Keith Lee come back. Um, I'm, they're under some long-term contracts, so I don't, I don't see it happening. But I think Cesaro coming back would be good too, because it's like, remember they always say that too. When you're you're in your as a pro wrestler, you're in your prime. Yeah, Carl Fredericks is a free agent from uh, New Japan. Oh yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, but they say you are in your prime when you're like in your forties. Mm. You're in your you know twenties, early thirties. You're still learning stuff, yeah. but and you're still eager. You're hungry, so you want to get out and do. You want you want to get out and get everything, do everything. Randy Orton's in his 40s. He's doing the best work. He has done the best work he's ever had. Yeah. Cody, mid mid to late 30s, mm-hmm. he's doing great. Yep. This is when you're in your prime. AJ Styles. Oh, he ain't yeah. what he used to be, but yet he should still go. He could still do amazing things. So it's oh, like yeah. um, there's, still a lot, there's still a lot of time for a lot of these guys. Um, yeah, like I would like to see... Like, I like to see Ricochet get a proper push. Yes. Um, he did get the IC title, which you know is like, he's got a lot of mid, he's got a lot of mid card stuff, but he needs to write that. That he's got to learn how to talk. Yeah, or get like a manager or something. Yeah, I, I would like to see managers come back. Um, yeah. 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 Always remember when it comes to WWE, your body gets you signed. Your work gets you employed. Your mouth makes you money. True. Which, oh man, I would I would like to see Ricky Starks in, in WWE. Like, Ricky Starks, would, yeah, he, that would he, be a good one. He would definitely shine. Um, who else? Uh, Brian Cage in WWE. I think he'd get a proper push for sure because AEW didn't do much with him, uh, which is weird. MJF, especially now that they're going TV fourteen. Ooh, and with Triple H and Creed. Oh, man. The promos, dude. Like, okay. I, I, can see, I can see him, like, ripping Miz a new one because, like, cause oh, my God. To, to, the, to the Miz. Yeah, because he's always been create. He's always, like, gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. I just realized what I just said. <laughs> uh, but. <coughs> No, but but no, but but it's true. It's like promo work, promo work brings you a long way. I mean, yeah. I mean, even though even though this dude is a 
well, he conned himself a lot. Enzo Amore, prime example. Yeah. N- not not the best wrestler at all. Not the most coordinated, but damn, <clears throat> but damn it if his promos didn't get you out of your seat. Um, yeah. but yeah. Hmm. Good question. What will be McMahon's legacy now? Ooh. I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna say this. All right, I, I'm gonna be obviously on the fence. Obviously, you know what he's doing. What he's done was fucked up. Yeah. But we all wouldn't be fans if it wasn't for Vince. That's also true. We that is point blank. Mm-hmm. We. we but wrestling would not be where it's at mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Vince. Yeah. No matter who you are, you you were a you even talent. You became a pro wrestler mm-hmm. because of the WWE WWF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, despite whether you love him or hate him, even though like what he did was shitty. At the end of the day, you really got to say thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, this is the prime example of the phrase, giving the devil his due. Yeah. And, you know, for Vince McMahon, um, I think, I think, like, you hear so many stories about this man, about the notorious, about his, his reputation behind the scenes. Um, I mean, yeah, like, I, w- I will say, like, I'll say like, yeah, Vince McMahon as a human being is probably a piece of shit, you know. But as a as as a promoter, as a professional wrestling promoter, as a showman, he's the greatest of all time. time. I mean, he was the greatest heel of all time. Yep, the Mister McMahon character, the, 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 arguably the greatest feud of all time with him and Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right. Um, right. Yeah, professional wrestling wouldn't be what it is without without Vince McMahon and his and his work. And you can say a lot. And Vince McMahon is it's it's a it's a quite the complicated legacy because yeah he was a genius for creating WWE and WrestleMania and, and, and all of that but people also you can also criticize him for destroying the territory system yeah um, you can also criticize Vince for the last ten to ten to fifteen years of terrible booking booking creatively because like you know yeah yeah there have been there have been some great moments here and there but you know. The shows it's been it's been proven that the shows Raw and SmackDown have been written for an audience of one. Correct, man. But I will fans. say I'll I will say this as well too. A lot of that damage has been caused by the IWC. I don't think I don't think so. I think I think that's um I think that's kind of putting the blame on the audience more so than the than the actual creative because like with Vince like the buck stopped with him and a lot of a lot of like like a lot of like stuff like like. Like nonsensical storylines, certain wrestlers who who had their gimmicks change inexplicably, mm-hmm. um, certain certain wrestlers who had a good momentum but then got cut off at the knees and then got blamed for not getting over with the crowd. Um, you can point to so many examples, even recent ones like Carrying Cross okay. or like um, Keith Lee. Okay, fair point, but then at the same time too, it's like the the IWC can get somebody can discourage work. For ex- you know, for example, WrestleMania 35. They gave us everything we wanted. Mm-hmm. 
everybody who we wanted to win that WrestleMania, we got. They gave it to us. They gave us Kofi as champ. Ah, uh, yes, yes. They gave us Becky Lynch as champ. Mm-hmm. Everybody who we wanted to win mm-hmm. won. And we still bitched and complained. Well, here's the thing. WrestleMania was like six and a half hours. Oh, but no, that that's not even that. It's like we st- like we still bitch and complain. But you can't please everybody. Oh, that's true. You you definitely can't. So um but yeah, at the end of the day, I will say I will definitely agree with your uh, sentiments. He will ha- it's a complicated legacy. But you really do have to give the devil his due. Yeah, that's true. Like, without Vince, there would be no AEW. Like, literally, there would be no All Elite Wrestling. There would be. There probably wouldn't be TNA Impact. <laughs> no. No, it wouldn't. Um, yeah, it definitely was long as hell, though. That was yeah. a full-hour shift, including <laughs> the pre-show. Yep. That was a full. That was a work shift. Mm-hmm. And those people got stuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, B Rob was actually there, and he's like, he got home like he's like, we got back in like ten minutes, so he lucked out. So. Mm. Yeah, like. Let's see. Oh. Okay. But but yeah, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, Vince McMahon, like, like I, I, I know Netflix canceled their their documentary series on him, but I would like to, I would like to see like an actual full-on like unbiased documentary examining the legacy and and all and all the complications of Vince McMahon I think we need to see that oh absolutely yeah like not nothing that's WWE produced nothing that's like slanted to make him look good something that's like looks at Vince McMahon the man the myth the legend like full-on and uh, the good bad and ugly I will say this though I actually had the honor of meeting Vince McMahon Oh, yeah, you showed me a picture. Probably, honestly, one of... <laughs> it was a work shift plus overtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Out of all, like, a lot of the celebrities that I've met, mm-hmm. talked to, interacted with, he was he's up there in, like, my top three as one of the nicest. Wow. Like... Some, you know, a lot of celebrities just do the little lean to the side, mm-hmm. you know, for the picture and stuff. Yep. Is Bruce Pritchard's job in question? I don't it, think so. From what I hear, from what I hear, because I know he's he's part of Vince's inner circle. Like, I think he's. It sounds like he's on he's on borrowed time right now. No, he's at, well. He's actually injured right now. Oh yeah, he t- yeah. He tore his rotator cuffs. Ouch. So he's been kind of like, I, literally at the same time as at the same time as Cody's. Oh man. Yeah. So it was like it was. He, he made this joke. He was like, "Yeah, me and Cody have the same sling." But it was funny <laughs> for the moment. So I I don't I don't think I don't think so because like I mentioned earlier, like you gotta ha- you gotta have that balance of old school and new school. And Bruce, say what you want. But remember, he was he was always under Vince. Yeah, Bruce is a great storyteller. Hence, why his podcast has been so successful. Yeah, he he's a great storyteller. So I think Ooh. under Triple H, mm-hmm. I think we get. I think 
I would like to at least give him a chance. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, but you know the biggest change I would like to see, and I and I think it's going to happen. The remove the removal of executive producer Kevin Dunn. I think yeah, I think it's going to happen too. Yeah, because all those like quick camera cuts that literally will make you nauseous. Tommy he's Dream- he, he's got to go. Tommy Dreamer, like at least okay, I would say don't get rid of him because you have to give it, you have to give prop, props to Kevin Dunn. Because the video packages and stuff that they be putting together is... Mm-hmm. WWE is pretty much flawless when it comes to those. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, it's probably just... Kevin, chill out on the cuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Boom. <laughs> problem solved. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also thinking, too, like another change. And I, and I know they probably did this for, like... To like budget reasons or whatever even though they're making money hand over fist i want like every pay-per-view to go back to having their own unique sets again that was cool but it's yeah that would be that would be cool but you know yeah but you kind of understand it though yeah or or at least like bring back the unique sets for like the major pay-per-views like of course wrestlemania but also SummerSlam, money in the bank and survivor Survivor series series. oh and the royal rumble of course yeah yeah. Yeah. Okay. For the main for the main sets, yes. Yeah. For the for the like the, for the big for, for the big five, yes. Yep. Yeah. Big five, I'll agree on hundred percent. Oh yeah. For those, and also like maybe King of the Ring and even Queen of the Ring, like make those tournaments like more meaningful. Like like have the winners of those tournaments like, get 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 a get a title shot at SummerSlam. Yeah. That that would make them actually worth doing. And it can happen. I know the, the the changes just keep coming. Now that Triple H is in charge of creative, two words: War Games. I want to I want to keep that as a strictly NXT thing. Oh no! I, I want to I want to like combine it with Survivor Series. I want to I want to see I want to see, see War Games on the main roster. Oh. It's it, it, it's it's right. There. I feel I, like I, I feel like it's more special when it's NXT. I mean, I mean, like. I, uh, even just, just bring it back like just once, like Survivor Series slash War Games. Oh my god, that'd be so good. Because because uh, those are so, those are really well booked matches in NXT in the Black and Gold era. Yeah. So, I, but I think that it it does have a place on the main on the main roster, especially now that AEW has the has their own format, Blood and Guts. Yeah. So they got to bring back War Games for the main roster at least one time, just one time. <laughs> we shall see. All I have yeah. to say is we shall see. Yeah. Oh man, I, I haven't you know I haven't been this excited about WWE since the main roster since this past WrestleMania. Actually, not even, but they yeah. just knocked it out the park. Yeah, like they've been consistent with their pay per views lately. Even under been. even under Vince's, especially the, this year. That's true. Yeah. This year they've been consistent with their pay per views. Build up, not so much, but it's like. The, it's like the Ubisoft formula in reverse. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great build up under delivery. Yep. Under the build up under delivered. Mm-hmm. But great payoffs. True. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I was going to say like yeah, the the the, the pay-per-views as of late have been very consistent or premium live events as they call them. But that's what they are. They are. Cuz like because it's technically not really pay per view anymore. Exactly. So yeah. I mean, sorry, old school heads, but they they're right. 
Yeah. You know, we're not paying per view. Yeah. It's ain't viewer's choice no more. <laughs> you can't you can't watch it scrambled on your on your set top box. Clear, that sound was clear as day. <laughs> oh, it was. It was like listening to like the radio, basically. It was. So I'm just sitting there like I used to draw a lot, so I, I draw a lot. So I'm just like. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like those were the days, man. Oh yeah. But yeah, like I haven't been th- I haven't been like this excited about WWE's main roster stuff since CM Punk's pipe bomb. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was 12, 11 years ago. Damn. 2011, dude. That was that was pre-Codex Prime. <laughs> we oh my god, absolutely. Damn. That was pre-YouTube channel for me. <laughs> but man, so 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 many possibilities, man. So uh It was actually a really good discussion. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah, this this, this it is wasn't cool. a it wasn't a burial session, and I'm actually <laughs> that's what I was afraid. I was like, I was kind of dreading this. I'm like, oh god, he's gonna bury, he's just gonna go Jason Sala monster and just bury him. <laughs> oh no, oh no, like with 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 someone like Vince McMahon, like like that's the you you have to examine the whole legacy because like you know because I, I I really think that we need an actual like legit documentary on the man like. Yeah. Examining like a multi-part documentary, examining the man, the myth, because like, because Vincent Man, like he is one of the most, perhaps the most fascinating figure in professional wrestling. When you look at his life and like even just like how his brain works creatively and yeah, for good and bad. When you see like the past like ten years of Raw episodes or SmackDown, but yeah, it's it's something. But but yeah, um, but yeah, I'm actually excited to watch uh, SmackDown. Friday. I never thought I'd say that again. Uh, I probably won't even be able to because weekends are just busy for me. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. But also, speaking of, uh, old stuff, um, before we wrap up, uh, thanks, thanks to the magic of YouTube and, you know, and, and, um, smartphone recording, I got to see Ric Flair's last match. And, okay. Nobody, nobody reasonably expected Ric Flair to like be the Ric Flair of old, or even the Ric Flair of two thousand eight, like WrestleMania twenty four, right? No, nobody expected that. But still, what I saw was so motherfucking sad to watch. It was embarrassing, and yeah, I know Ric Flair is basically an addict for the spotlight. Like he's a junkie; he can't get enough of it. But yo, that. I, like, look, big ups to Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Andrade for doing their very best to 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 carry Ric Flair through and make sure that he didn't kill himself. Because I hear he has a pacemaker, right, or something, or maybe not. But but yo, what I saw it was like, how, how can I put this? Watching Ric Flair's last match was like watching your granddad on the dance floor. And, he, and he's wearing his his clothes that look way too young for him, like his clothes that he got like back when he was a young man, and, and he's and he's still he still he still thinks that he, he still thinks that he got the moves like yeah, I still can cut a rug or two. Ooh, look at this. Ooh, look at how at the lays. But you see his he see his gray chest hair, you know, all, all flowing out of his his his, his V neck shirt. You, you, you see you see him with the with the high water high water pants. Um, you, you, you see him you see him shuffling, but it's more like a. It's it's like a combination of a two step slash him trying to maintain his balance so he won't fall over. <laughs> He's wearing a zoot suit, dancing to trap music. 
Yeah, he's yep. He's wearing his zoot suit, his zoot suit, trying to dance to trap music, and you're looking at you're looking at your granddad, and you're like, "Damn!" Like, you you, you smile politely, you even clap a little because you want to be polite, and you know, you don't want to be mean to your granddad, but it's like you 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 know damn well, he shouldn't be out there looking like that, looking like a hot mess. You you just know that. You you just know he shouldn't be out there like that, but you don't you don't you don't you don't want to be the one to say it out loud because you don't want to look like the bad guy. You don't you don't want to look like the asshole. That's how I felt watching Ric Flair's last match. Okay, I my feelings about it. I didn't get a chance to watch it, so if anybody got a link to send it to me, please send it. Um, I understood why he did it from a personal perspective. I understood why he did it. He, remember, just a few, maybe what, a good two years ago? Yeah. He almost died. Uh, that's right, yeah. Like, organs were shutting down and everything, and he miraculously kicked out. He did? Yeah. So, personally, he felt that he needed that. Like, this match for him was like a middle finger to death himself. You almost took me out, but I still kicked out. Mm. And I'm going to show you that I can at least still go out there one more time Mm. to give an ultimate fuck you to death. Mm. I mean, it's one way. It's one way to give a nephew to death by tempting death, though. Like, there was a fan who had a sign that said, Dead Man Walking. I mean, you, incidentally. How ironic that the Undertaker was there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just. I, I feel like I just understood it. Hmm. So. Yeah, I, I can see it from that perspective. It, 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 it makes sense. Like, like, he wanted to, like, end. Kind of like wrap things up in the ring on his own terms. Uh, yeah, way. on his own terms. And I'm sure WrestleMania 24 was. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania 24, like, as a wrestler, like, you could not ask for a better, better send-off. Better send-off. Correct. Yeah. But it's just like he needed to do, he needed that for himself. Hmm. Hmm. That's what it was. Like, he almost died. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we almost lost him. He needed that. He needed that personally to say, listen, they tried to take me out. Mm. I ain't dead yet, motherfuckers. Mm. And damn it, I'm going to do this one last time to show, to show the world, to show death. Mm. I'm still the fucking man. Okay, okay, I, I, I can see that perspective. Yeah, it's I can see the validity behind it. Um, but yeah, but yeah, definitely watch. I, I, I know there, I know there's there's definitely a bunch of like fan fan recorded footage of the match on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, if you go on YouTube and you can, you can watch it there, but man, I, I, tr- I was like, you you ain't got to do that. You ain't gotta, you don't have to do all of this. Want to see something worse? Just the fact that you're living right now is enough. You want to see something worse? 
What's up? Go on YouTube and look up Yokozuna's last appearance. I I listen listen I I saw I saw screenshots of like that notorious Legends of Wrestling pay per view from 2000 where he also made an appearance there. I think that was it. Oh, that was that it with Jim Neidhart. It was Jim Neidhart and Jake the Snake. Yep, at the time. that was it. <sighs> yeah, it was not good. It was yeah. Uh, yep. So big shout outs to Afton in the chat and uh, also Aaron Aaron Ferguson says uh, since Vince is out. Do you think Triple H will be open to working with AEW, like the ECW Invasion Day? He actually said that he would be open to it. He did. Really? Yeah. So Triple H is open to work with the Pissant T-shirt company, as he, in his words. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Pissants, sure, they showed him what's up. Yeah. So, you know, you know, um, you know, it's 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 too bad that Triple H had to had to retire in the ring because. It would have been a perfect full circle storyline with him and Cody Rhodes. Could have been him and CM Punk. I oh I know CM Punk, ain't, ain't, but you know what? That's CM, money. CM Punk says that if if he goes back to WWE, it would have to be a pretty big bag. Those are his words. Yeah. And you know you can you can you can forgive a lot when you when you get a, like a Brinks truck of money backed up to your house. Yeah. I can forgive any grudge. Well, maybe I don't know, but but uh, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, lot, lots lots of good stuff going on in the wrestling world. Um, this is, you know, I'm gonna shake your hand on this one. This is very good. This was a very, this was not what I was expecting it to be. No, no, me neither. Like, uh, me neither. It, it was good that we we took it to a more positive uh, outlook. Look, look, mm-hmm. Looking forward to like what we want to see yes. in WWE. Um, but but yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching SmackDown. Like I said. Never thought I'd ever say that again, but uh, um, but yeah, that's something that's something that's something cool to see. And uh, also, thank y'all for watching in the chat and, and contributing. Also, uh, I did not forget you, Tyrone Johnson. TJ, <laughs> you did see that. I saw your comment, uh, TJ. Let me let, 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 let's scroll up here. Oh, I, I, he's, he's, man. He's, He's probably not watching right now. He probably just like chimed in just to just to talk smack and leave. But you know that I'm gonna scroll up here. Tyrone Johnson the second, Mr. TJ says, I think Vic needs to develop a connecting beard and mustache, sir. I think it's a good look for you, sir. With the sideburns too. Listen, try as I first of all, I can't control that. Try as I might. My my beard and my mustache simply cannot connect. No no hair grows between in the in that region. So, point number one. Uh, point number two, TJ, if you're still watching. Um, you've been talking a lot of smack about your boy. You know, all these years uh, on this year podcast. Oh gee, oh god. How would you like to talk smack to your boy on this podcast? So, TJ, here's an open invitation to you, my friend. How would you like to make an appearance on our ho- on the hollowed halls of Codex Prime Studios? All right, aka my apartment. And you know what? And you know what? I have another hater out there too, Furman Diaz. Been on the Sir, show before. twice. I think he's only been on it once. Twice. Twice. 
I haven't been on. I haven't been here when he was on the show. Pokemon Go and Overwatch. Okay, yeah, those are the two. Yeah, those are the two appear two two uh, shows I haven't I haven't been on because I was away. But yeah, but yeah, the, the invitation still stands with you, Furman. Your <laughs> your third appearance overall, but your first appearance on this show with me present in the studio. So yeah, TJ and Furman, if you're watching, the invitation is yours. You two come onto the show, and we'll have a good time. You know, just shit or. They could just show up at Codex 300. Yes, or you can show up to Codex Prime episode 300, Saturday, September 17th, live at the Cornerstone Complex in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. 25 Maple Street. 25 Maple Street. Come one, come all. Yes, with a couple of confirmed guests. Yes. Who are Should these? we name one? Let's name them. Let's name them. What we got? Who we got? Chuck Staten from the Chuck and Brad podcast nice. is confirmed. And one confirmed vendor, mm-hmm. none other yeah. than our sponsor, yes, Silk City Hot Sauce. That's right, SilkCityHotSauce.com. Use the promo code CODEX to get 15% off your order. All sorts of tantalizing flavors that you can pour all over your chicken, your meals, and all over your it if you so choose yes we're talking about nightmare we're talking about killer hot uh slurp and you can slurp if you oh know my I mean. god and you can also order some uh what what's, what's another flavor dragon as well dragon slayer is a good one dragon that's Sla- really good with chili yep very good with chili oh. apparently so uh if you want to unleash the dragon get your little cisco on in the bedroom let me see that. Oh my god! <laughs> so so anyway, yeah. Uh, Silk City House House, great great house house. Check it out. And also, big shout out to our sponsor, Infamous Customs, Afton Ward, uh, M F A M U Customs. We can order all sorts of Codex Prime T shirts as well as customizable T shirts as well. Follow her on Instagram as well. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's it. Yep, that's right. Uh, AK says. <laughs> <laughs> AK says your mouth makes you money with slurp hot sauce. Um, Nick Quattrini says, "Tell him, Vic, the Silk City hot sauce can trip off the handlebars if it's connected." Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I challenge any of our any of our viewers. I want you, uh, anybody, just order a bottle and send us a video of you trying it. I would love to see it. I actually enjoy seeing people try try the hot sauces and their reactions. Oh yeah, yeah, pour, yeah, yeah. You pour pour the apply that apply that hot sauce to any any dish that in mind or any one you've got in mind. If you're feeling a little rend, they're not gonna send us that. I'm done with you. Don't you? Let's go. Let's go. And on that note, uh, catch all of our episodes uh, live on Facebook, live on Facebook Live every Tuesday evening around 8 p.m. ish Eastern. All of our audio, all of our audio episodes is, are on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you can get your podcast. You can find us there. We're also on Twitter at Codex Prime Cast, as well as Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast. So, I'm done with you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh 
So yeah, um, that's about it for this week. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to be on episode two ninety five. We're getting closer and closer to episode three hundred. So uh, be sure to send us uh, your emails and all that. Oh dang! Well, I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll save his email for next week. Who's I, that? I think our dear friend of the show, John Haponic, sent us an episode. Sent us an email. So we'll 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 read that. We'll save that for next week. Um. So, we'll, so John Haponic, shout out to you, my friend. We will we'll read your we'll, we'll read your email for next week's episode. Uh, as always, thank you all for watching and listening. As always, we, as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.